Hi, and welcome to the Modern IT Podcast. My name is Christian. And my name is Michael. And today we're going to talk about modern data platform. Uh, in the sense that every company is looking to reinvent their business and become data-driven. Uh, yeah, so that will be your topic for today. All right, perfect. So where do we start uh, around this topic then? Yeah, so uh, if we just set the stage a bit about where this this discussion comes from. So I've seen this in the in the big enterprises where you always want to have some kind of a platform where you do the big data analytics or if you have a modern data warehouse or and, and such. You do it traditionally with the hardware and big SQLs or and so on. Uh, but this this uh, cloud capabilities that you have today, they really make it possible for anybody to actually do these big, big calculations. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where we start. And we kind of look into how to incorporate uh, Azure uh, and all the services into a small to medium-sized company because... Yeah, a lot a lot of uh, companies don't really know where to start or even how to utilize Azure. So that's kind of what we try to pinpoint here. Every company is looking to reinvent their business and they want to become data-driven, of course. At least that's what's happening in the big enterprises. Uh, and they have the budget and the means to it and they can hire people to do it. Uh, but the platform that they're leveraging, the cloud, the public cloud platform, it's a POS solution, so platform as a service, which means once you have it designed and in place, you don't pay for it unless you use it, which means everybody would be able to have this, the state-of-the-art uh, platform and where they could process their data from. Okay, so even, even a small company with like two, three employees could uh, utilize this as well? Definitely. And that's kind of what I'm doing uh, when I do my demos is I have this set up and it would be in my own domains, my own subscription, which means I could potentially be the one-man business or three, four, ten people business. Yeah. But I have this data platform where I can process petabytes of data and get an output, which historically... Uh, require a heavy, heavy investment of several millions. Okay, and you only pay as you play, so to speak. Yeah, you only pay when you use it. So it it would be standing, uh, standby the platform, and then you push data through it. Which means, even if you push five megabyte of data through this platform, in whatever form, it would, uh, it, you would get the output. And if you push uh, 100 terabyte through it, it would just cost more, but the uh, the result would be the same. That data would be processed through the platform. So, so basically for a small company, this could probably be very lucrative. Probably not much data, and then the cost isn't that high either. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, the, the cost of setting it up, if you have a person that knows it, it would be... Uh, a couple of hours and tops uh, a couple of days. Uh, the, the difficult part in the whole platform setup would be 
the data analytics. I mean, you have to have some kind of data domain knowledge. Yeah. Uh, what you want to do with the data, but like the infrastructure parts, the the the, the tools to be able to do something with the data. I mean, those would be there. Yeah, but what is this even? Um, I guess a lot of a lot of listeners don't even know what we're talking about. What kind yeah. of? Okay, let's take an example then. So, say if you would be some kind of retailer or sell something, let's say bread, and you yeah. would sell bread to different stores, uh, you would know how much you produce and how much you uh, would uh, sell to different stores in bulk. But you wouldn't have any insights in how much the actual store would sell. And uh, in some cases, uh, there are uh, back and forth reporting. So uh, you would get the data eventually from the store you sold it to, and they would tell you that, yeah, we sold five of this and five of that. And then you would have to put that data and correlate it with the ones you have. If you have a, in some cases, you have a return uh, structure for the bread. So if I drive out with 10 loaves of bread to your store and you only sell five, there's a agreement that I would pick up the five when the date is, is gone out, right? And then I would do inventory and whatever. Yeah, so exactly. This is real. Yeah. And then you would have the data uh, yeah. yourself, but that might yeah. not be the case always that they report uh, or send the product back. No, exactly, and and you you have a it's like a guessing game in those cases. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's other ways to do it. So many of the stores they they report to some kind of a central system uh, where they report all of their sales, like every orange that they sold or every milk that they sold or every whatever, and you would be able to buy that data, but then you would have to. Uh, do some cleanup and uh, get out the data that would be relevant for your bread business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I mean maybe this is a bigger example than 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 intended, but um, the idea is that the platform to handle this kind of a back and forth data uh, sending uh, would you would be able to have it even if you're a small company. So, yeah, I um, I understand what you're saying. So basically, if you could get the data for month to month, then you could probably um, lose a lot less if you know exactly how much they're sending back. You don't have to send them as much. Exactly. And you would potentially be able to look at how your competitors are doing from that data. Also. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that that might be a bigger case. If we would look at a small, uh, a small, uh, what's it called, a booking firm, or a uh, a small firm that does your uh, taxes, for example. Yeah. There's a heavy heavy use of Excel files, and they would get the data in receipts or in PDFs or any kind of information right yeah correct i see this all yeah. the time there's a lot of emails with excel files uh, to be gathered and uh, yeah. uh, analyzed and what, and what they do in that case is that they manually enter those numbers in some kind of a system somewhere yeah. Right? yeah yeah so 
with the public cloud components, you would be able to automate that. Even if the someone would fax you a receipt, you would be able to scan that receipt, put it in text, and and push it through your system. And now we're talking almost AI-like components, but that's totally doable with platform services in cloud. So even if you would be a 10-man uh, reporting firm, you would be able to have state-of-the-art uh, yeah, platform to process this. Yeah, and the, the, the latest technology. There, yeah, and the big gap there is the know-how, actually. And uh, I mean, if someone has done this kind of platform, yeah, a week to do it for a five-man business. So this should uh, could probably be a, a great business uh, as well to contact uh, smaller businesses and help them set this up. Definitely, I think so. But there's no bigger uh, gain or let's say revenue in this if it's a small business. But no, it's probably a, a week's work or something. But maybe they're even not connected to Azure yet, so then there might yeah. be a little more. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So then you have to do the basic steps in the beginning, and but then let's say you would set this up for the for whatever reason, uh, they would only uh, from end user perspective, they would only do the input side, and they would only look at the output side. They wouldn't do anything in the middle where all the components actually are. So no, if that... something breaks, then there's support on it. Yeah, because there you, there has to be someone who's data aware that makes the configuration and setup right. Uh, could you take that again? There's somewhere. And a small company would need some help to set this up. Someone who's data aware and can make the connected dots in in Azure, right? Yeah, and uh, even if yeah, so, let's say you you do this and and you would have a system that's running. Uh, 24 seven or on demand when you want it to do. If something breaks, then you have a whole, yeah, someone needs to come in and help us at that time. And as soon as you have a good functioning system, it tends to be <laughs> used a lot and uh, it rises in, uh, uh, in priority. And uh, so eventually if this breaks, they would need help. But real, real, really quick. Otherwise, it would be yeah bad for them. Yeah, I understand. It seems like this could be very, very beneficial, uh, and there might be some uh, getting used to time as well. I assume. Uh, yeah, it could be. Yes, yes, definitely. If you don't, I mean, from from our thesis here is that. Uh, most of the businesses uh, that we that would be able to use this in the smaller segment, they don't have any anything similar today. Oh, probably not, or maybe no. something very basic. Yeah, which is good in some cases because if they're gonna get used to anything, it might as well be the new stuff, right? Yeah, right. But the, the data generated in Azure, how uh, how it is displayed? Can you? Uh, yeah. So then you, 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 you would, uh, 
potentially you would put it in a, a SQL or in a other data DAX system, but for the end user, um, it it would most likely be like in Power BI that you would you would see it as a report in Power BI where you would be able to 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 leverage all the Power BI capabilities of building your own report or and pushing it to different dashboards and so on. Okay, so you can get a nice clean report with tables and charts and everything you need yeah. to. And you would be overview. able to to build your own report depending on the data you, that you would see in in Power BI. Yeah. So the backend system would only like push the data to some kind of a end user reporting uh, interface. Okay, and this could be email out to to everyone as well, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, Power BI dashboards you can share also if you have. Uh, so, yeah, now we're talking about licensing, but you would be able to share them uh, with different people, yeah, okay. and also if you have a, uh, uh, yeah, so potentially uh, in a smaller business, uh, everybody would be able to work with the same dashboard and only see what uh, what they're supposed to see. We're now talking Power BI. <laughs> That's another uh, another topic. Yeah, but this uh, this seems uh, seems good. Yeah, maybe if we if I would take it step by step, uh, not not real step by step, but like in a high level step by step. Yeah, sure. Uh, so imagine you have uh, a lot of different data inputs. It could be info from your website. It could be mails sent to you it could be uh, a system you have uh, reporting it could be your erp system or whatever all of those those data sources have some kind of insight that you need for for you to build your report right yeah and uh, you would ingest that somehow it could be let's say a logic apps we can talk about that in another podcast but you would have a logic app uh, that would take up the data, uh, put it in a data lake, in Azure data lake, uh, and uh, you would have a data factory, data factory pipeline that would do uh, some transformation on the data. Uh, you would uh, put it in a, depending on how big it is, so if you want to do some other uh, AI or uh, insights on it, you could do it with uh, something called Databricks. Uh, in Azure Data Lake Generation 1, there was a U-SQL uh, Data Lake Analytics capability. Uh, that's also a topic for another podcast, but yeah, I don't think that will live longer. Uh, and then you would uh, put it in a, in a traditional database structure, in a SQL data warehouse, in, in a SQL, or in a, just in a table store. And that table... Uh, that uh, SQL would then be the one that you push to Power BI. Right. Uh, but the, one, of, one of the key things here is that whatever data source you have would, uh, would put their data in its raw format in a data lake. And once you have it in the data lake, you can use whatever uh, different kind of capabilities to do whatever you need. You explore prep train model and yeah eventually serve it so 
serve it to a visualization tool. Right. And uh, yeah, it might sound big and fancy, but the components are really, I mean, it's just Lego pieces, put them together and you have a, a Ferrari for, for every person. Right. So, so basically you can have like 10 uh, different data sources uh, from all over web mail and whatever, and uh, get a clean, nice report out from it. Uh, yeah. So in, in traditional uh, SQL uh, database uh, structure uh, with SSIS, uh, SQL integration services, you would have something uh, that you would do extract uh, something called ETL that's extract transform load uh, which means that you would extract the data from where it is you would transform it and then you would load it again in a structured format so the the loading part would be into a database again yeah and once it's loaded it's in a fixed format right yeah correct. so if you would want to do uh, if you want to marry that uh data with something else like another another uh, input you have uh, that means you would have to load it in that structured format again and yeah. that's that's kind of the old uh, way how you always done it but with these new capabilities you can use something called extract load and then transform with uh, which is also called schema on read which means that I have this raw out uh, raw data. I want to read this data with this schema, which means uh, it doesn't have to be in a structured format uh, because I say when I read it, I'm going to read it with this schema. So schema read, uh, which means you have 10 data sources with different uh, structures, but when you read it, you define how you read it. And then the output of that read would be a, a single data source. You, you mentioned uh, that you could uh, load up PDF files as well. So that's basically what they're talking about here, right? You, you don't have to extract the, the data from the PDF to an SQL. You can just uh, kind of uh, use the PDF as is and match it to a schema, right? Uh, yeah, eventually you would. you would probably have to do something more with a PDF. Okay. Uh, like a, a prep stage or whatever, because even if you would be able to read it, uh, depend depending on what system you would use. Okay, everything depends, but you would be able to to have that PDF in its format and and do read. But if you want to do it on a let's say on a smaller scale, maybe you would only use uh, data lake analytics that's available in generation one data lake uh, with a USQL. And USQL language is a, is a mashup between C-sharp and SQL, uh, the SQL language. So whatever you would be able to do in a, in a C-sharp scenario and in a SQL scenario, you would be able to do that. And uh, if you want to read from PDFs, you might have to do a step before that so you can get the data in a readable format, not just in a yeah it depends on the data of course right. but the idea is there yes you would be able to do it and this is this good there's there's a good, there's, <laughs> there's a good um, 
showcase from Microsoft called the JFK files. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, if you heard about it, uh, then eventually they took the whole research, the whole, uh, all the data they had around the JFK massacre, not massacre, sorry, the JFK uh, murder. Uh, and they put it all in a searchable uh, indexed format. So if you would look up a person in, in that investigation, uh, the search would give you pictures, they would give you handwritten notes, they would give you uh, documents that written in, in, yeah, written documents and whatever. So it doesn't matter what kind of a, a data or a data source it was, it would give you the, in, the, the, the file and that's because they were able to index it regardless of, this, uh, of the data source. Okay. And eventually this is so this is a capability that you would have even if you are a five man company right so this should be interesting for for small to medium sized businesses as well yes it it should be and but so the thing that i would be struggling with is 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 finding the business use case for it, for the specific business, right? Yeah. I mean, you have the capability, but just because you have the capability doesn't mean that you know what to do with it. No, there has to be someone to guide them, I guess. This yeah. is new. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue <laughs> lobbying for this kind of a platform uh, whenever I get the chance. And maybe someone somewhere down the line says, yeah, I want to try it out. And then they would have a, a awesome experience and a great use case and get a lot of return of investment, hopefully. Yeah. Um, because at the moment, it's only the big, big, big uh, companies that are even looking into it because it's part of their data warehouse business. And you only pay once you use it. So if you configure it once and you have to run the reports for three hours at the end of the month, it's uh, you only pay for that. So everyone should use it, right? Yeah, exactly. And and uh, when I do my my demo environments, I have the whole ingest, uh, explore, prep, train, model, and serve uh, structure with a data lake underneath. Uh, and all of those components I have in those steps are platform as a service, and I don't pay for it. The only thing that would cost in my setup when I'm not using is using it is the storage. Do you want to go through the components uh, this time, or should we save that for another podcast? Uh, no, I can just mention them, and then we can go through the the components in another podcast. Great. Uh, yeah. But uh, Azure Data Lake, that would be the number one component. You have to store your data somewhere. And uh, if you're going to try it out, start with Azure Data Lake Store Generation 2. Uh, don't go with number one. We can talk about why don't go with number one in another podcast. Uh, and I would advise you to start looking into Azure Data Factory. Uh, that way there you can do your transformation pipelines, the ETLs. 
uh, and ELTs actually. And uh, I would advise to look at the ELT. That's the modern way. Uh, and then, yeah, you would store it, store the, the output in a data store, uh, potentially in a SQL or back to the data lake. And then you would uh, push it to a Power BI. I would leverage a Power BI to read the output eventually. So, but yeah, we can go through uh, the, the, the components uh, in another podcast uh, more detailed. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so uh, maybe we, are we ready to wrap this up? I think so. Uh, we have to save something for the next time, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, could, we could go on forever. Yeah. Uh, but if we would um, leave some kind of a, a call to action, it would be to uh, to look up, uh, let's say, yeah, look up our modern data warehouse and look at the components that uh, Microsoft is, is presenting in, in, in a modern data warehouse. And uh, whenever you see a platform as a service, that means that everybody will be able to leverage it, leverage it at any time. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for this time. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Looking forward to the next podcast. Same here. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.